Thanks for tuning in to Size Up. I'm Jeff Heyer-Jones. And I'm Caleb Parker. Let's meet today's guest. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, I am joined by Andrew Howard, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Critical Multimedia here in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, Andrew. So uh, you're fresh out of Kent State. What were some opportunities that arose for you at a young age, and how did you create some of those opportunities that led you to the path that you're on now? Uh, well, uh, the, the beginning of it, basically high school and, um, you know, being around musicians and things of that nature, I, I, I kind of really liked that a lot. So naturally, once I got to Kent State and uh, I got a chance to see the student-run radio station, I got really involved in that. And then uh, on that same campus, I found out that there was a place called WKSU, which was, at the time, it was the uh, the number one NPR station in the country, and uh, ended up getting a, a job there. And I got a chance to do a couple things. Um, one, go out and record opera, symphonies, things of that nature, learn how to uh, do that kind of recording. And then uh, really got a chance to get my hand on some digital tools early before um, before it became what it is today. So. Awesome. What were some really beneficial events or classes or people that you met in college? And what would you recommend to current college students that are trying to live their dream? Uh, well, first of all, when you, get to, when you get a chance to go to college, just the experience in and of itself is awesome. And the reason being, in college, you're going to meet people from different cities, different states, different countries, you know, all types of different backgrounds. So if you take their time out, take the time out to kind of really get to know people, you know, you, you can find out a lot of different things that, that could help you out. Um, so that really helped me out because some of my friends uh, that I'm, or some, some of the people that became good friends of mine, they actually, uh, one was uh, Puerto Rican, uh, one was Colombian, another one, she was uh, Mexican. And I actually started me to really, uh, getting into into the, the Spanish culture, so I you know I speak Spanish a little bit, but that's that started you know me with the Spanish thing, and then uh, also meeting other musicians uh, that played in different genres. Like I start I started doing rock concerts um, based upon my relationships I built with with, with band members uh, at Kent State as well. So just uh, that whole college experience, meeting different people, you know, it opened my eyes up to a lot of different things. And I use those same uh, theories that I learned there today. Uh, for example, with the uh, with the, the rock shows that I, that I got a chance to participate in, uh, a lot of a lot of times I use those same techniques for clients when they when they when they want to do a big show for a big event. I kind of take that rock star approach. The same thing I did with the bands. Okay. Cool. All right. So as an audio video engineer, uh, you're year one out of college. You worked there for two years. What, what future did you see for yourself at that time? Well, for me, the future kind of started early. So I ended up, okay, so I worked at the, the, the radio station for, I think, two years. And then I got an internship at WOIO and WUAB. Uh, up in Cleveland, so I was commuting between Cleveland and uh, 
Cleveland and uh, 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 Kent State at the time. And um, so I did an internship for a couple weeks, and then they hired me on to do the 10 o'clock news. So literally, I was learning in school the job that I was actually doing. You know what I mean? That kind of like gave me a, a trajectory of where I was going to go in terms of what I was going to do. How did that experience, Andrew, you know, going to school and then getting hired uh, at the TV station in Columbus, you know, did that help you get through kind of your studies? Or I know sometimes in, in college, you know, there's the academic way you learn and then there's the real life, right? The way things actually happen when, when you get out into the workforce. Did you see that or did that help you kind of maybe bridge well, some of the it, academic well, learnings? Okay. So it did a couple different things. And, uh, the first thing is, well, well the first thing, it, it was up in Cleveland, uh, WNB and uh, WOIO, they're, they're up in Cleveland. But it did bridge a few gaps. Um, what I learned at that time is a lot of people, a, a lot of people have the, the, the book sense. They have the theories behind it, but the real world experience they didn't necessarily have. And I, I noticed that then because... Um, there, there was a, one class I was in, and, you know, the instructor was trying to explain to me how something worked. And I was saying, no, it, 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 that's not how it works. And she was going on about it. And I was like, well, I do this every night. I do the 10 o'clock news. And so we actually had a, it, we, it actually went to the, the higher up uh, at, the, at the university. And uh, he had to side with me because he said, this guy actually does this versus a person that just knows they read it in the book. No, that's great. That's a really good uh, experience. I know at times I found the same thing, right? There's the book, the book knowledge and, you know, which is great to get and understand the theory, but then when you're actually in the workforce, applying some of those theories, sometimes in application, they don't work the way that, the way that they uh, teach you in, you know, in exactly. school necessarily. I mean, and, in business, if you make a mistake, maybe one or two people might know it. But if you do it uh, on a TV level, a million people plus know that you made a mistake. So it makes you really be on top of your game, makes you, you know, dot your I's and cross your T's uh, so that you come off and be uh, very professional. So that's what that did for me, definitely. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. So when you... Uh as you kind of got through that experience and, and transitioned out of uh, the 10 o'clock news, where, where'd you go from there? Kind of what was the next, so the next, big, the next big, big thing for you? So the next big thing for me. Um, so I ended up, um, so I told you I used to deal with bands, recording them and all that kind of stuff. And I had this one group and um, you know, we had a hot record and uh, ended up, uh, a, a company wanted to give us a distribution deal for a single. And uh, so they came down, they were out of New York, they came down, saw our operation, and uh, I was able to work my way into turning a single deal into an album deal uh, for these guys. So I uh, became a record executive. That was the next step. And uh, that's when we put out the, uh, the Cleveland Shuffle that did really well. Um, so, you know, is known here and known uh, over in Asia. And, uh, you know, they actually did, uh, 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 had a, a part of it in uh, Martin Lawrence's uh, 
Big Mama's house too, uh, where they were talking about the Cleveland Shuffle. So, so Andrew, how did you begin to build your brand as a person, as a CEO, as a consultant, and really marketing guru? How did you begin to build your brand? Because there's so much emphasis on that today. What would you give some next tips on for you know young people like me that are looking to build their brand, and for people maybe that haven't started building their brand that are further on in their career? Well, uh, as far as brand is, uh, is concerned, everything that you just named, they're all different brands. So Andrew Howard has a brand. At that time, Critical uh, Music had a brand. Uh, and now Critical Multimedia has a brand. And essentially, just to make it really simple, when you build a brand, basically it's a conversation between yourself and the consumer or your, or your audience. It's a conversation where they begin to know you and uh, they begin to trust and believe in you. And so that's how you go about uh, building. And so for the, for the music, um, you know, I began by just putting out good product, you know, doing uh, recordings and, you know, I was getting people from you know all over like New York, Detroit, they were coming, you know, just to get me to record them. So, you know, word of mouth spread like that. Um, with that so just putting out a good product and then uh you know with the critical music you know we just, we just had an awesome show we our our job then was you know whenever we got on the stage with somebody else was uh to leave and we really wanted the audience to know that we were the true stars so that's how we approached that um now with critical multimedia uh you know the the focus the 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 mission statement is basically uh, you know, to influence popular culture uh, through digital media. So any anytime that we get involved with a client, um, that's what we're trying to do, influence popular culture. We're trying to make a big difference. So, you know, 10 years later, uh, you'll be able to look back and say, okay, these guys, you know, they play their part in uh, what, we, what we currently are experiencing now. No, that's really cool. One thing I wanted to go back on, uh, Andrew, that you mentioned, uh, the... Martin Lawrence's Big Mama's house. So how did how did that come to be? Right, you uh, you're working in your business, and then you've got you know stuff that you worked on that showed up in in that movie. Well, how that I mean, how that happen? So real simple. So just just to, just to start it. So with a single deal, that's what it was. They were like, okay, let's do the single deal. Uh, we, you know, we're going to put it out in, uh, you know, basically the Ohio area, maybe, you know, surrounding areas. That's fine. And I was like, okay, that's cool. That, that's fine. I, I believe in you guys. But in my mind, I was like, no, we're not. I'm spreading this thing all over the East Coast. And I'm going to put it out there. And I'm going to make you guys spend some money and, and, and follow this record. You know what I mean? So I took some of my own cash and started promoting it. And then uh, I connected uh, with a, a guy named Keith Chapman. Uh, at the time, he was the uh, role manager for the Yin Yang Twins. And uh, we connected, and he was like, whenever you guys are within six hours of us, um, you can come and open up shows for us. So he would call me, and we would get on the shows with them. And uh, that was one part of it, doing the shows, showing people how to do the dance, and then uh, – Moreover, uh, what I did also, I made the 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 the, the music enhanced. So, 
you actually got the 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 video showing you how to do the dance as well. So it kind of spread that way. They they saw it, you know, us doing it. You heard it on the the radio, and uh, you could see, you know, you could see it on the video as well. So that was the approach, and that's how we kind of took that all over the the East Coast, and it spread all the way out to the West Coast as well. And like I said, Asia. If you get on YouTube, you'll you'll see people, you know, in Mandarin that uh, are doing it. Yeah. No, that's really, really cool. Now, when you move from critical music to critical multimedia, what what was it that made well, you make that shift? The the whole the whole shift. Every, everything became digital. Everything became some type of uh, some type of video. And not only was it video from you know just a regular video, also you know three D things of that nature, VR, all that. So multimedia encompasses, whether it be the audio, the video, the games, it encompasses all of that. And so that's why I, I updated the name to Critical Multimedia. No, that's really neat to hear about kind of that journey that you've been on. And as it seems like you're ahead of the trends, right? So you could see that stuff coming in terms of, you know, multimedia being where it was at, not just audio and music. Um, you know, how do you, how do you stay ahead of these trends, you know, in your, in your marketplace? It seems like, uh, you know, you and I've had some really great conversations. Always seems like you're kind of on the cutting edge of things well, I, on what the well, next big I'll thing is. A couple of things. One, uh, I'm a nerd at heart. I'm, I'm definitely, I am definitely a nerd. I mean, I'm, I am a nerd, but you know, if you look at my exterior, you probably wouldn't think so, but I, I'm a nerd at heart. That's a, and then B, uh, I like to push things forward. I mean, I like to innovate out of things. So if was, we've had a conversation before, but if, if we run into a problem and, uh, and th th this is the thing that a lot of coaches or consultants will say, you know, they go in and they try to fix a problem, but I'd rather innovate and do better than how I left it or how, how I received it. I want it to be better. I don't want to just fix a problem. I want to do better. And so that pushes me forward to have the new technology, you know, to be able to uh, to compress time, you know, basically uh, instead of, you know, taking 10 hours to do something, can we compress time where we can do it in, in one hour and have the same result, you know, but maybe uh, more effective, that type of thing. Those are the types of things that I've always uh, been fascinated with. No, that's really... Really cool. One thing I, I think, let's see, the first time we met was probably a few months ago, and you were doing a presentation um, about an emerging trend that I found absolutely fascinating. Oh, yeah. Um, do you remember <laughs> about that presentation? Yeah. So, you know, it, what stood out to me, so I guess to share with everyone a little bit about that. Uh, you know, you were doing a presentation to a group that I was a guest at, and it was really focused on, you know, the digital marketing in today's age. And you started out, I don't remember the exact questions, but asking about who in the group played video games and if you had kids that played video games. And I was thinking, <laughs> where is this guy going with this? Like, where, where is he? Is he going? You know, and you shared some really staggering facts with how big, uh, you know, the video industry was 
and just the marketing opportunities within those platforms. I don't know if you want to share a little bit about kind of that. I mean, it just, it stood out in my mind the first time you and I haven't talked one-on-one. And as I was hearing you talk, I was like, oh, yeah. this guy's onto something. <laughs> like, yeah, why didn't I, I think it, of that? It's fitting that you, uh, you mentioned that being that uh, we're, we're dealing with the uh, COVID-19. So everybody is, uh, on lockdown uh, right now, so <laughs> it's it's really obvious what I was talking about then. So uh, what so what you were talking about is uh, I mentioned uh, video games, which uh, right now is it, it's, it's a twenty two billion dollar industry, um, and the thing that people haven't thought about is the marketing opportunities. So you can put product placement uh, in these video games. Uh, you can advertise your business. So say, for example, with this one, uh, we're dealing with a, it's a game called Outer Space Zombie Invasion. And uh, as the character goes through, uh, which the character is Chuck Bueller, he goes through this, uh, this, uh, this saga or whatever. And um, my, the, the critical multimedia uh, uh, street sign logo, it falls to the ground and cracks open. But that is product placement. You, you'll remember that every time they open this game up, they're going to see that. And it's captive. It's not like the traditional forms of uh, advertising like radio. You, you never know who you're getting. You might be playing a commercial to a baby that's, you know, a toddler. Um, but with this, you have to be active. It's not passive. And uh, it doesn't degrade over time. Like magazines, they, they can sit on a doctor's shelf, but after a while, you throw them through it it starts to fall apart. Video games, the same resolution is going to be there, whether it's today or 10 years from uh, from now. It's going to have the same exact resolution. Um, and so that's, that's what I was kind of uh, speaking about, those opportunities. So, for example, with Corona, now that we can't leave out of the house, everybody's either going to do one or two things. You're either going to be on Netflix or you're going to be on your video game. And uh, if you're smart enough to have an advertisement in the video game, you're winning right now. Oh, yeah, that is so true. I know at our house, uh, even with this this COVID, my, my son's on the PlayStation playing and playing games with his friends. You can hear them talking to one another, right? And, and kind of captive. And every once in a while, he'll come up with, you know, birthday money, something <laughs> I need to load to the PlayStation. Right. That he saw that, <laughs> you know, he wants to add into the game, right? I, I often uh, joke with him, it, it, him and his friends play Fortnite and you can buy, I guess, different mm-hmm. skins to change your outfits and that. And I often joke with him. I said, you know, in a couple of years, when you're old enough to buy a car, uh, you're not going to be able to drive a <laughs> Fortnite skin to, to school. I mean, what are you going to do with the way you're spending all this, right? But it's the same thing, like, I guess they do these shows in Fortnite where they have music folks and, you know, different artists that do shows within the video game. And then you can buy their skin, you can buy their, you know, just different products yeah. that relate I to, mean, you, you know, know the you show got, that they did. Again, you got, you got these people that are captive and they also cannot be passive. They have to be active. Uh, so whatever message you're putting out there, they're, they're going to see it, um, over and over. And to me, that's better than any type of, you know, uh, advertisement that we have out here. I mean, again, like if you look at TV, I got the TV on to be in the kitchen cooking and just listen to it passively. 
but the game, you got to be active in it. We got to see what's going on and, and, and really participate. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Uh, with that being said, what, what do you see being the hottest new marketing trend in the future? Or I guess even a better question for our listeners out there. Let's say you own a business that's $1 million in sales. What are some really good marketing tips that you can give them, and what do you see it progressing towards in the future? Uh, uh, towards the future, really audio, audio and AI. That's going to be uh, that's going to be the big thing. So instead of us going typing, we're going to be saying it. We're going to be saying Alexa or whatever it is at the time. You know, uh, give me the give me the cheapest. Uh, a car dealership that sells Honda and those three car dealerships are going to come up. That's going to be the new trend. So uh, if you haven't established some type of brand, you're going to get left out. Well, that that's going to be the new way, the AI. And then, you know, the back end again, the AI it is going to notice your buying habits, so on and so forth. So it'll be able to put things in front of you. So if you, you know, you're looking for the Honda car, um, it's going to say, Okay, what about these rims that all the people that buy bought the Honda Accord love these types of rims or love this type of spoiler thing or you know have you thought about this to go with it that keeps the the leather buttery soft for you? So the combination of that, that that's going to be the new future in terms of uh, in terms of marketing. But yeah, you you can totally uh, see that as a trend because even you know our Alexa at home. Uh, now, sometimes out of nowhere, I'll be talking to my wife and, and not even say anything remotely that sounds like Alexa. Oh, yeah. And it says, I'm sorry, I did not understand what you asked. <laughs> it's like, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. I didn't realize anyone asked oh, yeah, you anything. These devices are always, uh, they're always listening and they're always cataloging. Uh, so uh, in terms of privacy, those days are over. Um, th- th- those days are definitely, definitely over. So... So one thing I wanted to ask you about, Andrew, is uh, you also had the opportunity to do some consulting on yeah, yeah, a yeah, Super Bowl so... and Olympics commercial. How, how how did that happen? I mean, you've got such an interesting background with the, the folks you've been able to interact with and the way that you've constantly you know, reinvented your company over the years with, so, with new trends. Talk to so us a little bit like, about that. So... Well, that one, I was actually a subcontractor. And uh, so the job was to go out and uh, do some man on the street interviews, things of that nature, basically to prove that we understood who the target audience was. And then based upon that, um, we get to present and so on and so forth. So we went out to do the job. And uh, initially, you know, we were recording some people, but I was thinking to myself, this is not the target audience. I'm like, this is just not the target audience. So I was there with a bunch of, everybody was in the C-suite, you know, a bunch of SVPs and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so I told the, the, the main guy, I'm like, hey man, this is this is not your target audience. The target audience are hardworking people, you know, because we were doing this out of Cincinnati. That's a blue collar town. And so, he was, you know, he, he, he said, well, you know, you're right. So we went to another location. I was like, let's go over here, uh, you know, over by Harbor Freight, Rainbow. That's more of that type of blue collar uh, type of person would be there. So we went over there, did the interview, so on and so forth. And then uh, 
couple of couple of months later, uh, my buddy calls me up. He was like, uh, "Hey man, you know that that project you were on? Um, that thing is uh, turned into a a, a a Super Bowl commercial now." I'm like, "What? A Super Bowl commercial?" He's like, "Yeah, man." So, a couple months after that, uh, he calls me up again. Hey man, we are up for an Emmy with this thing. I'm like an Emmy award. He's like, yeah, man, we're up for an Emmy award. And then uh, a few months after that, he was like, you know, he sent me a text. We won the Emmy. So um, that was that was the progression from it. You know, it just started from there, trying to do a good job because you know, consulting, actually looking at what the end result is. What does what does what does the, the 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 customer want? Okay, and they want to prove that they understand you know, that they understand who their target audience is, and this is the way we do it. And so, by nailing that, it progressed and turned into the Super Bowl commercial, and then from there, it was played uh, on the Olympics as well, and then went on uh, to win the Emmy Awards. Wow! Yeah, that's that's insane. I mean, what a ride! What a career so far. Uh, with that being said, what what are you seeing in terms of how important is it when you're marketing to try to strategically narrow down the market if you have a certain product or if you have a certain service? What are some effective marketing strategies that you can get to kind of figure out your customer base? Okay, well, I mean, there's a few, th- few different things that you could do in regards to that, but I'll make it simple because – we we want to you know we want to make this thing simple and not have it be a twelve hour lecture, but uh, nowadays you definitely have to go uh, narrow and deep. So you have to be niche specific. Um, the days of trying to please everybody it doesn't work. Uh, it doesn't work anymore. You got to be specific and you gotta you gotta be genuine with it. Um, so um, that would be that would be what I would. I would definitely say be niche specific because I see a lot of companies and I, I actually got a chance to help out some companies. You know, if you spend, you know, 20, 30, whatever on advertising, but it's not going towards your target audience, you might as well, might as well have just, you know, took that 20 or 30,000 and uh, lit it on fire, right? And threw it up in the air. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I, what I found out doing marketing for this uh, smaller landscaping company. That if you you know don't target your audience, then you might as well just kiss the company goodbye because you're not going to have one. You're not going to have. <laughs> you're not going to have one. As a matter of fact, what uh, my uh, my <laughs> opening spiel when I used to meet people was uh, I used to say this to people, and I, st- I actually I still say it because I love it. Uh, I used to say, uh, "You remember when, uh, when I was, when's the last time you uh, you've been to Kmart?" And then. People would say, I, I don't know. And I, and I would say, exactly. I, I hope that not happened to your business. And they got it. You know what I mean? They get it once they once they think about that. Like, Kmart used to be the Walmart, but now, yeah, wow, okay. I don't even know, to be honest. You, I mean, that's made me think. I don't even know that I've seen or well, heard you know, of one that, that is that open have, have even anywhere anymore that, that Sears thing. 
clearly. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother show. It's yep, fierce so, but, disaster. Yeah, there, there, there's a there's a ton of companies that uh, you know they they lose focus, and especially now with the internet, you can't be a specialist. You can't be a generalist anymore. You got to be a specialist in your specific thing, um, and that's when you look at your Radio Shacks. Same thing, um, you know. On and on, your your your, your Kodaks. I mean, we could name a, a ton of these guys, but yeah, now you got to be more narrow, more niche specific, and, and be a specialist. Popular music, you know, back in the day, uh, songs used to have like three verses to them, and they used to be like four and a half minutes. Now they only have two verses to them. So that's showing you how, how less of a attention span that we have. Yeah, and I think it's going to get less and less. You know, the more we get quarantined, the more we're just going to want to get out. So uh, speaking of quarantine, how do you see the future of marketing looking, not in terms of what it is, but how do you see small businesses marketing in the near future that maybe don't have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to spend on marketing? Would you recommend Facebook ads? Would you recommend kind of building a brand? Uh, what are some tips you have for them? Well, definitely for the small guy, you definitely have to build brand. Um, and building brand is a conversation with your target audience where they begin to trust you. That's the only way you can be able to battle these mega companies. I mean, if you're going up against, I don't know, if you, you got a little sporting goods store and you're going up against dicks, I mean, they got eons of money, so they can spend money on SEO and, you know, uh, Google AdWords and all, you know, the best websites and, you know, they can, they can, they can outspend you. So what, the only way you're going to be able to really combat them is to be niche specific and to actually build a brand that uh, where people trust you. So, for example, uh, the, the reason I, I really like Apple because Apple is, is they built brand. So if you look at how much you'll spend on a computer, you'll spend, you know, three times as much on an Apple computer because you want you, you like that brand. It, it reminds you of a lifestyle. So you'll spend a premium for it. And that's, that's what you attach to brand. You know, that Apple is going to work. You know, it's, it's a status symbol, things of that nature. Thank you for listening today. Uh, please let us know what you would like us to discuss next. If this brought you any value at all, please give us a follow, subscribe, share it with your friends, really get the word out there. And we'll see you next time.